Oh, yeah. Let's just get into it. All right. Um, five, <laughs> four, three, two. <laughs> it was a scoff. Yeah, it was a scoff, dude. We're going to do some scoffing this morning. We really are. Brought to you by McQuano Coffee Roasters, McQuanoCoffee.com. Coming to you live, and by that we mean recorded in advance, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible belt, it's the Gut Check Press Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zachary Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always, in studio. By my good friends, my partner in radio, my unequally yoked partner in getting things on time from Amazon. Studio. Studio. My, my partner in, uh, in, in running the randomizer. So the randomizer is something that we both enjoy doing and that we now both can do and that we're going to do some of today. Zachary Bartle. Zach, um, we've, we've got, we got stuff to get into, man. And I'm feeling, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little bit glum this morning. I'm already happier. Just having heard your voice and happier <laughs> to be, yeah, no, it's true. Happier to be doing radio with you. Uh, I'm unhappy with Amazon. Me too. So the little mom and pop with whom we've partnered over the the balance of both of our careers uh, to sell the books that we've put out. I don't know if it's mom or pop who dropped the ball, but one of them. One of them definitely dropped the ball, dude. And and I don't want to say I'm out of out of fellowship with Amazon, but. Zach, walk the listeners through what happened and kind of why we are the way we are with Amazon this morning. Well, Tuesday morning, I yep. ordered, because you and I had talked about uh, doing like an OG back to basics episode this week. Yes. Um, yeah. At the end of last week, which, which episode I will upload today. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I, <laughs> we, I had felt like it didn't go well. Uh, yep. Like I was slow. Yeah I, yeah, I might play a little of this audio um, where I, I was like, like fishing for you to be like, no, no, it's OK. And, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, man, I feel like it, I'm just not on top of it. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't yeah, I, no. It's just been very slow. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were then, then you came back around to like uh, to prop me up. You said we need to do like yeah. a, a, a classic randomizer uh, yeah. energy drink review episode. Uh, and so the universe provided the randomizer material big oh time this gosh, morning. Yes. Yeah. But Amazon uh, has failed to live up to the universe's uh, bar here. And mm. I ordered Tuesday morning. And you know, there was a day when, you know, you order something Tuesday morning because you want it Friday morning would have been ridiculous. Yeah. But I feel yeah, like right. Amazon's been sending things to me so that I order them at 4 p.m. and I get them before I wake up the next morning. I know it's crazy. It's it's been really consistent that way. So I ordered uh, a case of a particular energy drink that I'm very excited about. Uh, yes, to me and one to you. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Gut check, uh, flipping the tab there. Mm -hmm. And well, uh, mine arrived yesterday morning. Yours has yet to arrive, and that's yeah. been Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three days for two day shipping. It takes three days now. Come on. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I guess that's where we're at, dude. Yeah, very disappointed in Amazon. I don't know if this affects the relationship moving forward as far as, you know, how we how we put out material, but we'll we'll just have to wait and see, you know. I would like for them to reach out to us though and make this right. Yeah. Um they've they've caused us to wait an extra day. Which means um, an extra week in this business, man. Time is money. Yeah, yeah, time is money, exactly, dude. That's content. Content is king. That's a thing I've heard. Yeah. Time is energy drink, is money, is is ears. Yeah. Translates exactly. into Derek Webb and address. So <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Speaking of content, we have content to do, my friend. Um, you drifted something across my transom last night. And I want to I want to ask you a series of questions about this. Um, namely, like to just to begin, what is your like, what's your history with this person, Derek Webb? I'll um, tell you, when I worked at uh, Family Christian Store. Mm -hmm. um, there was a band called Cademan's Call that like uh -huh. had a hot minute as like the next big thing, but right. like we had CDs sent to us mm -hmm. uh, that just looped for like 
I think there were three at a time. So they would yeah. you know, play one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the afternoon, something, and they just, it was like a guy, like, hi, I'm sort of familiar voice guy, and, you know, welcome yeah. to Family Christian Stores, and here's a little cut from, and it was whatever they were trying to promote, or whatever they'd been paid to promote. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember hearing, there you go, something, 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 now, uh, from Caveman's <laughs> Call about a thousand uh-huh. times. I remember yeah. the CD cover was like just a bunch of greenery. It was just like, yeah. it was green with leaves. And I remember that song got in my head a lot. And yes. I remember back then, so this is mid-90s. I mean, this is, you know, coming up on 30 years ago that I remember thinking, because, you know, like I, I, I at the time especially, uh, I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of music, uh, songwriting, you know, even performing some and, and, and liked to, you know, kind of reverse engineer what seemed to work. And I remember thinking, why, why is anyone listening to this? Like, yeah, the hook is a, is nothing. Yeah. I mean, it was just nothing, yeah. and and yeah. and it, it kind of got onto the cusp of a thing that I hate. And this maybe, if you hate it too, could take some time to talk about. And no, that go. is, are you familiar with Third Day? Yes. So I remember for a moment I liked Third Day. Someone had played for me the song "Consuming Fire." Our God is a consuming okay. fire. And I was like, "This is cool." And then yeah, I yeah. bought a tape probably of theirs, <laughs> and realized. There was an element to it that I would call mm-hmm. hideous baritone crooning. Like, okay. Yeah, give me an example. Um, I mean, so, so basically somebody trying to, you know, be Eddie only vetter. Uh, and, yeah, and they're, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. only verse. They're very, very much verse than Eddie. For, for example, here, here's what it would sound like if Carly Rae Jepsen sang uh, like them. Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's the worst thing you can you could do to any song and we celebrated doing that continually in just i think just in the christian music world and i don't know you're so right you're so so right like every let me give you an oddly specific example of like my interaction with this okay I, I ran the, um, like the wellness center, like the weight room at Taylor when uh, I was in college. Right. And you DJed it up a little bit. Well, yeah, but there were like six CDs that I was allowed to play oh. and <laughs> limited DJing limited DJ. Well, I, I, uh, I actually got called into the principal's office for playing secular music in the, in the oh. wellness center. That was my claim to fame at Taylor. God but, forbid um, you want to work out to something that inspires you to work out. Right. Yeah, it isn't like some navel-gazing, you know, uh, baritone crooning. But yeah, no, it was all, like, Cademan's Call was up there, like the Greenery CD, I remember that. Third Day, they had that one up there. And it was all this kind of, like, mid-90s, toned down, trying to be Eddie Vedder. And it was, like, the worst possible music to work out to. Yeah, how do you get that last rep in to... No, right. you're just like, okay, let me drop the bar on my neck. And in a little while, it'll, the whole world yeah. will fade out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So Derek Webb was part of this Cademan's call. Is that what I'm hearing? I think he was like some tangential, like the bass player. And I'm a bass player, so I it hurts a little yeah. to acknowledge. But like, it's not sure. like he was the front man. I don't think he was writing the songs. Maybe he was. Yeah. If he was, yeah. I mean, that's not much of a flex. I know he's mm-hmm. writing music now, and people are consuming it <laughs> because of a particular space in like the leftist Christian world that he you know, has, has staked a claim to not because of the quality of the music. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, I want to do a, I want to do a second on that. And I've, I've heard of him because we have, we have some really good friends here who used to be really big fans of his, like before he took the, you know, sort of apostate journey, big left turn circa, I don't know, 10 years ago or whenever it was that he did this, like their, their assertion was that he was like this really good reformed songwriter and his lyrics were really great. But I want to, I want to actually pivot into something that you said, and I want to talk about his picture. So like (laughs) his, his little like thumbnail picture on Twitter, um, which you gave me access to our company's Twitter today. So I get to look at this and it's, it's kind of a, a delight, like his sort of, I'm not smiling. I'm a serious leftist man. Like I've got my horned rim glasses and my shaved head. Does he, Zach, to you look like an avatar for that kind of guy? 
So if somebody had a gun to your head, it was like draw like an angry little leftist guy. Wouldn't you draw this? I would draw exactly that. And then I would apologize and be like, I get that this is a bit of a caricature, but you see what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like, I don't know. It just, it seems to me perfect that he is, I mean, it's not perfect. It's unspeakably sad that he's arrived where he's arrived, but from a, a purely like aesthetics of the thing kind of uh, uh, standpoint. And so, but I mean, right. did, did he already have like those glasses and like the, the clothes that definitely, I mean, when he's not wearing a dress that definitely like highlight mm -hmm. the wayfishness, like, was he doing all that before yeah. the left turn or is this more like fashion following function? Well, see, I don't know, dude. And that's, that's where it gets strange because you could make the argument. Like if someone were to kind of, lazily see me on the street you know they could they could make the assumption that i'm trying to do like big leftist sweetheart stuff with my aesthetic because i have weird glasses and i have some weird hats that i introduce from time to time and uh I've, I've never done the thing where i've sat like with my guitar on the floor of a church in between the pews in a pose that's both anti and um like ask me what i'm doing you know what i mean i've never done that um <laughs> Ask me why I'm sitting in the in the middle of a of a church in the floor. <laughs> what is your aesthetic? I, it's ask me what I'm doing. Yeah, it's ask me what I'm doing. Apparently, Amazon question. has delivered the attention that he ordered more quickly than they delivered. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> dude. That's a great line. It's so true. All right, so I, I have a question to you as a man of the cloth. Okay, um, all these guys who kind of go, you know, big public apostasy, big left turn. How, how come they continue to, like, sit on the floor of a church? So he just recorded a gospel album, according to his Twitter. Okay. Talk, talk me through that. How does one who, like, hates Christ and the church and everything that we stand for record a gospel album? He talk, would say that he, that he loves Christ more and understands that, that rather than calling you to die to yourself and, and mm -hmm. tell you that friendship with the world is enmity with God, that he mm -hmm. discovered... I don't know, probably not in the Bible, but somewhere either deep in his navel or in his in his heart that uh, <laughs> that that Christ actually wants to affirm everything about him and wants him to be as friendly and cozy with the world as possible. And whoa, isn't that convenient um, mm. that that the unchanging God of the universe changed to suit his, you know, being blown every which way by every little wind um, mm. I'm glad you went that way with it. Real yeah. lucky there, right? And I have, yeah, by the yeah. way, a, a quick parenthetical. I have an update on the, mm -hmm. the Cademan's Call situation. Uh, I yeah. was wrong. And uh, okay. it takes a big man to admit when he's wrong. Uh, mm -hmm. Or it takes a little man with big glasses and a big chip <laughs> on his shoulder to, to and never address. be wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but Cademan's Call, according to Wikipedia, is a contemporary Christian band which fused traditional folk with world music and alternative rock. They are composed of Cliff Young, lead vocals and rhythm guitar, Derek Webb, mm -hmm. lead vocals, guitar, songwriting, and something else. Mm -hmm. And then it says, years active, 1993 to 2010, comma, 2022 through... <laughs> so they reformed in 2022. Okay. I don't know if they've all taken this turn um, or if uh, they just yeah. were like, you know what? Money, money, money. I don't know. Yeah, I would have to imagine they would. Wouldn't you have to be on the same page in terms of like your whack jobbery? I wonder what that <laughs> meeting looks <laughs> like. <laughs> I wonder if everybody got together at like a, like a bar in Nashville and was like, hey, how much of a whack job are you? I know we haven't talked in like a decade and a half. <laughs> Like how, how bonkers am I supposed to be? You know, just yeah. just you know, for the public face of the band. Yeah, I'm so tired of this. Now, I I, yeah, I was never yeah, a fan yeah. of this group, but it yeah. still makes me very very sad. Continually, yeah. this is yeah. like every single domino is falling. Especially with so I'm in these tooth and nail groups, like for nostalgia's yeah. sake. And sure. like 90 pound wuss is like, you know, F words at their <laughs> concerts. And we, you know, they hate Christianity now. Um, you know, MXP. Hang, on, hang become... on, hang on. There's a band called 90 pound wuss. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great 90s band. Yeah. It was a great ah, pop punk band. I loved it. That's an incredible name. Yeah. I'm in on the name, but, it, but it's sad what's happening. Yeah. Go on. I, uh, well, I, I mean, I could just go on through like the v yeah. vast majority. And in my understanding from knowing people on the inside of this is that there is a good percentage of those who still claim to be faithful Christians 
who yeah. it's just because that's a, a easier space to dominate and you know double awards sure, are easier sure. coming than Grammys. But yeah. like it's still so sad to just watch the this especially when I know in a small way for me and in a in a real way for a lot of people still that there mm-hmm. was a it wasn't just parachurch. There was in a sense something very sacred and central about that mm. Christian music industry and and the role mm. it played in people's, you know, devotional lives and piety. Sure. And then to find out that the whole thing was just propped up, you know, in a house of cards and when the money yeah. stops rolling in for, you know, the evangelical, solidly evangelical, Bible-believing kind of iteration of it, let's just reinvent it as an angry, you know, I'm in a, a little dress, middle finger up to the world, uh, t- to me, the whole thing just reminds me, you know, it's it's it, it, like like your partner and my friend uh, Josh Loftus often mm-hmm. reminds us you got to resist the urge to make all these other things central instead of the yeah. local church because yeah. they will be blown back and forth uh, as well by every cultural wind and every uh, you know changing fancy and and cultural mm-hmm. uh, hiccups and and flatulence. No, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So I have a. I have a question and a comment, and the comment, you know, kind of matching tonally where you're at right now is is a is a serious and sad one in the sense that like these friends that we have that were big Derek Webb fans pre apostate Derek Webb, like like they're truly saddened by this, and and you and I are going to spend a good time today making fun of it as we should, but like they're really sad in the same way that like. I don't know. I was sad when I read like the Walter Payton biography and found out he was a, a bad husband and and you know all this stuff. Like it when someone whose work you admire kind of goes off the deep end, I think I think you grieve it. Like there's there's yeah. grief there. Well, and I think it's a new level of grief. Like when you find out that somebody I I've I've had this too where you're like, "Oh, I love John Denver. I love I love listening to this." And you find out, "Oh, he was really nasty to that lady who he wrote that beautiful mm-hmm. song about." Um yeah. I think that's the second time I've brought up that song on this podcast in the last six months, and I'm not that's like a okay, huge man. John Denver fan. I don't know why it's on my mind. But like uh, like a, a phenomenon you find out all the time. Like um, mm-hmm. even like dumb things like, uh, oh, this guy seems really nice, and then you find out that he's he's nasty to his staff or whatever. Right, but right. but when it's somebody who, you know, like you let in to in some way to your relationship with Jesus. Yeah. It's, you know, they're not part of your church, so you don't have a real relationship with them. So there's not even any recourse. There's nothing you can do. I mean, you can pray for them, of course, or make sure. fun of them on your podcast, um, which... Yeah. As <laughs> maybe we are choosing a, to do. Maybe that's yeah, a discussion yeah. we should have, too. Uh, <laughs> but, but, like, I, I don't know. It's a special kind of helpless hopelessness, you know, that that, yeah. that comes on the back end of that kind of news. And it yeah, feels no, like there, you've been violated is. in a weird way, even though nothing, nothing's been done to you. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. You feel like you've had the rug pulled out from under you and and mixed with just the sadness that you would have when you learn that anyone has walked away from the church or the faith. And and in a way, like it reminds you of all the people that you do know in real life who have done that. And it it kind of reopens the Mm -hmm. wound as it were. Mm -hmm. And because this is the saddest thing, like make no mistake about it. Like, it's it's really the saddest thing and the in the fact that he's like platforming it as some kind of cool enlightened thing that's the part that for me turns the sadness to anger you know like you're leading little ones astray and um yeah yeah that's the part that makes me want to you know, punch him and the part of his Adam's apple that's like right uh, above like the the neckline of the dress. You know what I mean? No. Which I wouldn't call plunging. I mean, it was a very modest dress. It was a pretty it, modest dress. You got to give him that. Yeah. He didn't. That's dre- yeah, exactly. Uh, like, it, was that some kind of commentary on like modesty culture? You know, was he doing multiple multiple layers of commentary? But it was it was a very modest dress. I'll acknowledge you know? the dress fit him quite well as, too. I mean, it was yeah. it was yeah yeah. <laughs> the lines were clean. Um, the lines were it was a it was a <laughs> as dresses go. <laughs> now, the first time that that uh, you, me, and our wives hung out in 2009, yeah. Yeah. we within 20 minutes had coined the phrase "ha ha sad," which yeah. I, yes. it was one yeah. of the times when I was like, "Okay, these people are going to be our friends going forward." Um, yeah, yeah. You oh, don't you don't find yeah. that kind of you know magic fairy dust with just anybody. That's but true. Did you just describe something that's? A combination of funny, sad, and makes you angry? 
I think I did, dude. What are we calling this? Ha ha sad mad. You know? Ha ha smad? I don't know. Ha ha smad. Dude, seriously. Like, and, and that was the effect of the video. Okay, so just to, just to put a fine point on it. Um, Zach sent me a video last night. It was a video of, of Derek Webb. Very kind of self satisfied in the fact that he had just finished wearing a dress to an award show. I mean, he's a hero. Yeah, he's a hero. And in in, in true 2023 fashion, we needed like the three minute video explaining why I just did the thing that I did. Like, it's not enough to just do it. You've got to get the like, you know, the discourse on, on why he did it. So he wore this this very modest dress to what what award show was this? Was the this like Dove, Dove Awards, or? which is the Christian yeah. Music Association's awards? Right, right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna create some controversy. I'm gonna like steal the night. I'm gonna I'm gonna win the night. I'm not gonna know, win the award, the, but I'm gonna win yeah. something. Yeah. All right, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna win the 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 red carpet, as it were. So where do you think he got the dress? Like if you're if you're a guy, <laughs> like that was a vintage. That was a thrift shop dress, dude. Don't you think? Okay, yeah, that wasn't like Forever Twenty One kind of like current. <laughs> you know, I'm going in there. They're 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 you because know, they're you're not Forever Twenty One. That's a lie from the enemy. Remember <laughs> yes, that? Exa- forever Fifty One in his case. So yeah, if you're like a a middle aged man shopping for the right kind of like ironic little old lady dress, like where are you, where are you going? You know, dude, and, there's and, probably thirty five websites for that now. Yeah, exactly. Ironic forever little old lady 51. dress for guys. To, forever 51. That's the new bo- <laughs> boutique. You know? <laughs> Seriously, oh, like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a 51-year-old man. And I'm like, you know what this award show needs? It needs me and a dress. And I want something modest. I want something that's going to flatter my figure. You know? I want something that's not going to fight with these glasses. Um, that's, a, that's a tall order, dude. Um, do you think he, do you think he like got the girls together and went on a little shopping excursion or is that something you buy kind of in private? Do you buy it online? I got so many questions, you know? Yeah. I, (laughs) I don't know that I want the answers, but but like definitely there was a good dozen considered, right? Because yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I mean, this whole thing, this is a long game situation. This is like mapped out probably on paper, definitely in his mind, but probably maybe like, you know, in some kind of uh, project management software, Um, you know, buying the dress, um, you're creating the pre-stir, how to show up, who to get photographed with. And then what, you know, when no one cares what I'm going to do tomorrow in order to make a video and, and get people responding to it angrily. Um, yeah. in order that people, you know, me, me, look at me, don't forget me, don't forget me. Right. And, and right. But what, what it's about is these other marginalized people. And yet somehow the spotlight, it's, right. well, I'll be darned. It's still on me. Uh, <laughs> like, so I had, I had a question about the marginalized people. So aspect of the, of the video, but before, before I get into that, I want to, I want to run back to like eight minutes ago when you were describing <laughs> this is a nonlinear just- podcast. It's a very nonlinear, it's a very Quentin Tarantino-esque podcast. But when you were when you were describing like the type of music that Cademan's Call is endeavoring to play right now, like, and you described it as a mixture of like, you know, like neo-folk mixed with like world music. <laughs> right. My question to you is, if somebody strapped you in a chair and made you listen to that kind of music, how long could you survive without going crazy? Because hearing mm. you read that description... That's the that's the last music on earth I would want to listen to. Um, yeah, you know what? This, where were this you is at like uh, <laughs> this is like Mel Gibson in the chair in conspiracy <laughs> theory level exactly. like discomfort for <laughs> me. Exactly. Like if, if if anyone ever needed to torture me, like I don't know, strapping me into a chair and pulling out my fingernails would not be the way to do it. Like <laughs> just strap me into the chair and play like folk mixed with world music and I'll be like I'll tell you anything you want. You know, I'm an open book here. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's brutal, dude. Also, I have a, I have a take on folk music. I'm sorry. I'm all, I'm all over the place this morning. Can I, can we do 30 seconds on folk music? Yeah. I think folk is just country for smart people. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, what's funny is Aaron loves yeah. folk music and folk rock sure. a certain amount sure. of it. And mm-hmm. I can be in the right mood for it. Yeah, but most of the time I'm with you. But it, it's kind of like good country for smart people. You know what I mean? There yeah. are different kinds of country. I feel like 
Yeah. Like in the same way that most contemporary Christian music is like bro country for even dumber people um, mm-hmm. that that like, I don't know, you're even like your indigo girls from their prime and stuff has mm-hmm. a, a kind of like the sort of country that you begrudgingly respect. Right. See, I, I like that. Yeah. Like the fun lesbian, like indigo girls kind of sub sub genre. That was a, that was a fun time, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you and know, you know what? I, I'm I, like Brandy Carlisle and like the kind of people yeah. carrying that torch. I kind of I kind of dig. Oh, I kind of dig it, too. Like you're in the car with like some some friends of yours from college who are girls and like the indigo girls CD gets thrown in. You're not bummed about it. I mean, you're right. You're you have to pretend it. like, oh, next one's my pick. But you're kind of like, yeah, yeah. Down, you're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of like, yeah, let, no, let it go. I'm good for a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, all right. So let's get to the content of the video itself because I have a, I have one kind of big fundamental question that I want to hear you riff on. So his his assertion in the video. So the video um, was him in a dress explaining why he wore a dress, intercut with shots of him, photographed next to just like drag queens, I think. Yeah, like various Nashville weirdos, for lack of a better term. And he wasn't getting photographed next to, like, a guy in khakis and a golf shirt. Or, like, the executive from his record. Yeah, he had somebody who was like, stay away from Mr. Webb. He's only getting yeah, photographed yeah. with people that are going to further the, <laughs> yeah. the further point the image of this that he's, outing. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So the, the whole thesis of the video was, if I'm going to be an ally, if I'm really going to be a good ally, I need to get close enough to like catch some of the bullets or the stones that are like thrown at the people who I'm trying to be an ally with, which begged the question, is he trying to be an ally with like women who wear dresses? Because women have been doing that for centuries. And I don't feel like anyone's really down on them. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's like, you know, in in 1955 when there was a, a woman like getting out of a car and like a really smart dress, no one was like, Oh, she's the worst. Uh, what a, what an outrage. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that, that was the part of it that I didn't understand, I guess. Um, I think that, um, he was claiming to be an ally of like, I'll give him this, um, Mm -hmm. in most of the world, if you're like, finally like, oh, I stand with, um, like the homosexual community. Yeah. You're too late because, uh, Pepsi, IBM, uh, yeah. Chipotle, Nike, Coca-Cola, literally yeah, right, every right, right. Fortune 500 company is already doing <laughs> yeah. that regularly, and it's the safest thing in the world to do. In fact, Correct. it might be the equivalent of like dumping on them in the 80s. So sure. you're you're not brave, and you're not uh, stunning, and it's you're not a hero. Um, yes. But if he's saying, like, honestly, I do have when I even when I look at like the picture with the glasses and like the all of it, I, there's a level of like respect for the defiance, and I recognize mm-hmm. that there is defiance for the word of God mixed up in all of this too, in in his yeah. stances on just about everything. So mm-hmm. I don't respect that. But like mm-hmm. for some, there is a certain level of going into the the lion's den by going to the Dove Awards, not the Grammys or whatever. Yeah. Um, not the free spirit, independent spirit awards or something like, I don't like that. It's that it's, you know, being just kind of like swept under the rug. But the fact that he was like, I'm going to go here because in my mind and, and by my belief system, we should be, I still consider myself a Christian and we should be accepting anything regardless of what the scriptures say about it. As long as the culture is okay with it, the church should be lockstep with the culture, goose stepping after the culture, following mm-hmm. along, never mm-hmm. daring to speak out, even though his whole thing with like Mockingbird and everything was the the church needs to be willing to speak out when, you know, against the culture, uh, but mm-hmm. only in certain things, only in popular things. So yeah. like, I don't know. There's there's like a, a tiny, tiny, thin veneer, like the, the colorful outside of an M&M of respect for it. And yeah. then as soon as you get lower and you're like, oh, no, 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 this wasn't about them. This wasn't about, you know, the few people who feel like they, they can't because of their position or where they make their money, they can't reveal who they really are inside or something. This is right. about you. Yeah. Uh, I think then he's he's just it's an alliance with his own tenuous grip on continued relevance. That's what yeah. the alliance is with. No, you're right, man. You're a hundred percent right. Um, I had another just observation about the like shaven headed horn rim glasses, leftist avatar look that's actually aged really well hmm. because I remember like 
becoming aware of like REM in 1995. And that's exactly how Michael Stipe from REM looked. It's like how Moby looked was too, yeah. Yeah, he was sort of 1995's, you know, leftist college radio avatar. For Christians that, that, who weren't really Christians, like still, yeah, yeah. like U2 and, and REM were, were go-tos, yeah. staples. Yeah, so like that look has actually aged really well. And like all the kind of the generations, the decades of like changes in fashion the the fact that the the shaven head and the horn rim glasses and the kind of insouciant sneer has has held up that well like it's really interesting and I, I i guess i have a a question and a comment about the lack of a smile and we can and then we can get into like we can fire up the old randomizer and get into like um the the true content but um if you're if you're really like this happy in your your new lifestyle like why aren't you why don't you look happy why do you look miserable all the time you know what i mean <laughs> you know what it is it's if you're not yeah. outraged you're not paying attention yeah or or if you're not outraged you're not monetizing your outrage <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not pretending to be outraged people yeah. won't think you're paying attention i don't know what the the phrase is but yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I i don't either i'm i'm looking at these I, I just, I couldn't help myself. I'm looking at these still photos of him. So there's multiple posts about him wearing the dress. So to your earlier point, you're correct in that this was a part of a, a, a kind of days long social media strategy. Yeah. Where, where are you at on the, um, let's just do some fashion stuff. Like where are you at on the, like the long kind of necklace that hangs way down? Hold on. I got to bring um, this back up. Yeah. I, I have the technology in yeah. my... Oh, it's wow. kind of like a June Cleaver oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, here we go. Here's the pick. Okay, yeah. so it's like a, it's like a. Hold on, let me get a closer look. We've got. Is it two necklaces? Two pearl necklaces? Yeah. It's like two necklaces. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> and I don't know. They're kind of coming out from under. Yeah, under the the cowl, the the collar. It's a it's a really smart dress. Honestly, like, I if see, you if you yeah. just like Photoshop out his head and arms. Yeah, you don't even have to change the body shape. Uh, it's a nice looking young lady, uh, honestly. Yeah, it's, exactly, um, dude. I want I want to do a second on the shoes. Um, dude, KK had shoes like that in the '90s, and I thought they were so cute. What was like Mary Janes or something? Yeah, like like a like a patent leather Mary Jane. I feel like every kind of semi arty girl in the '90s had those, and I I really liked them. Um, do you remember that kind of a shoe on like a certain kind of '90s girl, dude? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That th- this whole thing. Here's the thing: like, he's not bad at at, at dressing up like a, a deep, yeah. like '90s girl. Um, no, I know. The problem is mm-hmm. that he's a man. Yeah. No, I know. And he's yeah. and he's also like a married to a woman man who's just doing this for attention. I gotta say, if I was part of a uh, minority community that he's trying to glom onto Mm -hmm. i might cry appropriation in this day and age right he's trying to get some of the the accolades some of the attaboys some of the brave good on yous without Mm -hmm. actually you know giving up his comfortable uh cisgender white christian you know privilege yeah yeah no i know it it's uh yeah, this is a, a. I hate right now. <laughs> <laughs> you grappling for what to say and then settling on I hate right now kind of sums up everything about this, does it not? It does, dude. It does. Um, I, let's get to let's get to the randomizer, Zach. Let's do in the in these times of swirling uncertainty. We need to we need to. <laughs> Get back to what we know, which is uh, which is firing up the old randomizer. And do you um, do you do you feel like in your studio this is a veiled question? Uh-huh. You're ready for for the randomizer, and do you feel like the randomizer itself is ready? I think well, and I think we have to ask the question: Which account will it go for? You know, we don't mm. control it per uh-huh. so much. You know, yeah. so yeah. Uh, I suggest we just crank it up and see if we're ready. See if it's okay, ready. Let's see do it. see what happens again yeah. in these uncertain times. All right, I'm going to hit the button right now. And 
Oh, it is Derek Webb. Uh, I think the randomizer listens, and the randomizer cares, and the randomizer wants to yeah. contribute to the show. You know, and I think that uh, that that uh, Chat GPT component <laughs> that I uploaded, uh, where it's yeah. gained sentience, uh, it, it may come yeah. back to bite us later. But for the moment, yeah, I was going to say in the same way that our iPhones are like listening to what we do and then curating content, is the randomizer as the randomizer begun to do the same thing? It is, but I and don't you, think it's malicious in in the case of the randomizer. Yeah, yeah. it's helpful. Yeah, part of the company. Well, it has landed on, and this is a this is a complex tweet or X or whatever they're called now. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, and, is, and again, if you're if you're brand new to the program, uh, the conceit here is the randomizer uh, wanders to and fro throughout uh, Twitter and finds a tweet that we read out loud um, in a deadpan fashion, and then cannot respond to in any way. So. Uh, this is this is the randomizer conceit in a nutshell. So uh, yeah, lay it on me, Zach. What do you got? All right, it's this is at Derek Webb. Mm-hmm. Here's this week's limited print-on-demand merch featuring lyrics from the Jesus Hypothesis. Maybe some <laughs> things aren't meant to be known. The secret of life just inside a black hole. You can't know, comma. That's the point of it. From you are like the sun. And then there's a link to his lyrics merch page. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, no, I was laughing at something else. Oh. Um, do, do you want to know what I was laughing at? Yeah, what was it? I was envisioning, like, again, in this, like, torture scenario, if you had to hang out with this guy and Michael Gungor, like, and listen to them have a conversation... Mm-hmm. How long would you last? Well, don't like, you think there's probably been an, an episode of The Liturgists with Derek Webb as a guest? Oh, I've got to think there has. Yeah. I've so, got to think like, there bring has. that up and just, you know, maybe yeah. that would be the next thing, it, the next yeah. uh, Enigma style showdown. Like, who can, who can stand <laughs> it the longest? <laughs> I think that's a good conceit. I think maybe we, uh, maybe we needed to do that uh, at some point. Man, those yeah. are lyrics he's proud of. I'm going to read them again. Yeah, no, read them. It's from again. the Jesus mm-hmm. Hypothesis. That's that's the album, I guess. The song is mm-hmm. "You Are Like the Sun." Yeah. Maybe some things aren't meant to be known. The secret of life just inside a black hole. You can't know, comma. <laughs> that's the point of it. Oh my gosh, dude! Like that is poetry. Someone's scribbling in the margins of their philosophy 101 notebook totally, in 1995, totally. right? Oh, 100%. And then, like, the next time they open it, like, like at the Thursday morning class, they open it, they see that, and they're just, like, crushingly embarrassed, and they scratch it out so no one will ever read it. Yes. They don't yeah. put it on a mug. That's what they don't do. Right. Hey, who would want that on a mug? You I don't know. know what I mean? Someone must, or he wouldn't be offering it. I feel like... Yeah, the in the pantheon of like things to put on a mug, that would be that would be pretty far down. Like even the idea of any song lyric on a mug. You know what I mean? Like I, I and I like music and I know you like music even more than me and you you really like are good at remembering the lyrics and stuff. But I, I, I can't imagine wanting a lyric on a mug. Dude, you know what so, I would want on a mug? What? I'd want a mug that says and maybe we should make this happen in our lyrics yeah. mug our yeah. lyrics uh, merch section. Feeling like a gunslinger, feeling like a king. Now I would I would get that mug. I followed closely by uh, complex schedules, creative dispositions. <laughs> <laughs> From time to time, and, and this is a this is no lie, dude. This is a hundred percent earnest. Like when I'm in the middle of a busy week, like I am now, and I'm I'm looking at my like to do list for a day, and like all the people I have to meet with, I'll be like, man, this is creating dispositions, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no, no. Of, oh, no, no, no. So this, this, this kind of like lyric writing and this whole genre of music that he's trying to do here, it's like religious uncertainty porn. You know what I mean? It's it's like, um, like our whole religion, we're hanging our whole kind of ironic fedora on just not knowing anything. And like, well, you may recall the, the, how Paul responded to that. He was like, good on you. We, it is an unknown God. Let's just keep mm-hmm. it unknown, please. Let's not, <laughs> right. let's not take yeah. what you worshiped yeah. in ignorance and try to like fill in any blanks and so let you worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus did mm-hmm. the same with the woman at the well. He was like, yeah, let's keep yeah. it nice and kind of foggy and uncertain. Mm-hmm. 
He's like, good on you, whatever you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Whatever you have it your way. Is that should be the slogan for Christianity. Or is that already taken? Dude, it's crazy to me that I, I guess what's crazy to me, just from a, a coldly commercial standpoint, is that anybody's buying this. <laughs> like, what are you what are you buying? Like you're getting a song about like, like, oh, I, I don't know anything. I can't know. Any, I'm, I'm so uncertain. Like that's the hook. Like that's the music. Like I'd rather, I don't know. I'd rather listen to like a poison song from the eighties about like partying or like, uh, I don't know, some guns and roses song about, um, heroin or something. I like, at least those songs are like about something. Yeah. You know right, what I mean? Right. Um, they, they make know. you feel something rather than trying their hardest to make you feel nothing. Yeah, dude. I, I, I just, unless you were trying to make a statement. And, and maybe that's where this kind of music exists. Maybe this music exists just so you can, like, I don't know, put it on your Twitter feed and, like, alert people as to how kind of progressive and an ally you are. Uh, and, and I guess it wouldn't be the first time that music has existed just for persona making reasons right i mean i think of a band like um radiohead and there are there are people that really like radiohead and i get that radiohead makes interesting thoughtful music but like you're not going to a party and having somebody throw on radiohead you know like it's music for smart people it's like uh i don't know sit around and stroke your goatee music it's persona music (laughs) but you you know know? when you think about the music that was like protest music in the 60s at -hmm. least it was still like good yeah right and yeah. we haven't played any of, of this music. Maybe that's uh-huh. something we do next time. Mm-hmm. Maybe the randomizer, I, I uh, load in the uh, aftermarket uh, download that, <laughs> yeah. that makes it randomized through some albums. And, uh, and, and we get a little a taste for, I mean, we both already know what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like Cademan's Call anymore. It sounds like if he was like, what if I leached all of the, that reminds me of that Britney Murphy movie where the guy was like, I don't do, I don't do hooks and I don't sell out. And then it was just like this like cyclical uh, grinding your brain away sound. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Let, let's, let's do another one, man. All right. Do one more, man. I, um, I'm going to need your randomizer to find it because right. I'm, I'm really disheartened by this person. Um, <laughs> so let's do one more and then let's do mail call. All right. Uh, All right. I'm hitting the button now. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it definitely knows we still want to be there in the... Well, I don't know if we want to, but that uh, we've determined to. And here, here it is. Okay. Uh, oh, this is a response um, mm-hmm. from someone whose ex name, Twitter name, <laughs> yeah. is God, oh. at Almighty God. <laughs> okay, nice. Very, yeah. You know what? That's not a 16-year-old. That's not a 13-year-old. That's definitely someone who's grown up. Yeah, uh, and sure. and the the original tweet says, which concept is more childish, heaven or hell? Again, a misuse of commas. We're we're very confused yeah. about the the strength right. and value of a comma. Which concept <laughs> is more st- uh, childish, comma, heaven or hell? In my opinion, hell says at Derek Webb. It reads mm-hmm. like a cosmic temper tantrum. Oh. Oops. Oops, you you respond. Well, if you're going to respond, I'm going to respond and say, um, Mm. you're too late. Rob Bell already tried, like, to monetize this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it landed with a splat and kind of ended his uber relevance. Like, I mean, he used to be on the cover of People Magazine or Newsweek or something, and now he's writing plays about, like, cojones. So, (laughs) careful. Dude, I have a a bit of a practical economic question at uh-huh. this point and i know that like you may not know the answer and i guess, I guess it's just something that i want a little bit of dialogue about um nashville is not a cheap city to live in okay like real estate's expensive in nashville the city's growing um it, how is this guy like does he have a day job no he's like, rich doing this he's filling huge huge venues to hear his music really no, this Still. guy's rich so people are like paying like real money to go sit in. I, I gotta, I gotta guess it's on the spectrum between large clubs and arenas. So we're we're doing like um, I don't know, like thirty five hundred seat concert halls maybe to go see this guy. Um, is that is that the wheelhouse that we're talking about? Okay, I I couldn't tell you, but I could tell you I just Googled his net worth and it's estimated at eighteen million. No, he's not a day job. No, this is this okay. is it. This is the job, yeah. uh, and it's and it's. 
probably in his mind, primary is the kind of uh, writing the music that matters and says the brave mm-hmm. things no one else dares to say, uh, except for if you count every single other person making yeah. music today. Uh, I think right. Taylor Swift already <laughs> like basically did the brave stand, you know, uh, that, that he did uh, yeah. seven years ago. Um, right, right. But really, the job is, uh, you know, kind of low level provocateur. Um, yes. He's an instigator, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's uh-huh. it, you know. Um, very cartoony, very predictable. Uh, it's predictable uh. instigator. That's that should be yeah. on his business card. Predictable instigator, and it would yeah. be like yeah. a really spare, like no contact information, just like a calling card because of how hipster yeah, he is. Exactly. Say exactly. Derek Webb, predictable instigator. Oh man, I like this concept of a calling card. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Danny Ocean handed one over to mm-hmm. Damon's character, I remember thinking, yeah. I need that. I need to have that. That I need. Dude, I knew a guy once. He was a boxing manager um, in Michigan. He was a cool guy. Uh, he was Buster Mathis Jr.'s manager. And uh, his, his business card just said, Bruce Kilty, man about boxing. Oh, and dude. I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. And I, you were I like, there's no phone number here. And he was like, we don't have a phone. Just call around. Yeah, yeah. Just call around. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love that oh, kid. Man. What was that kid's yeah. name? The redhead. Uh, I don't know, but I loved him too. I uh, am the manager. <laughs> yeah. Like it was great. I need to watch that again to like expunge the Derek Webb experience from my kind of cosmic palette. As now, talk about somebody wearing a dress while performing and it doesn't make me angry. Yeah. No, that's true. Now he that's did true. that. Now here, here's, here's the difference. This is maybe an yeah. interesting... Yeah. Uh, kind of case study, and we may have to yeah. punt off uh, for another week the uh, mm. mail call stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that when when our our boy in Sing Street comes up in the dress, it mm. was defiant, yeah. and it was ballsy. I mean, first of all, the yeah. song was yeah, called yeah. you know uh, what complicated girls or something. Yeah, yeah. But he was doing it because it was a dare. Yeah. Yeah. Try and come up yeah. here and knock my block off. I know you all hate me. I'm going to win mm-hmm. you over anyway. They're all yeah. shouting the same word that starts with F at him. Uh, yeah. And by the time he's done with that concert, zero people are shouting anything but their accolades. Yeah. Yeah. Being on board with him. Now, yeah. there was a risk involved in that. Yes. Um, he, he did have a bouncer and it was a tough guy. But you know, it was a whole room full of people, and he knew he could get in trouble with the the headmaster and stuff. Oh yeah. But at the same time, like if I could go in and change that movie so he doesn't come out with the dress on to do that first song, I I think yeah. that may be the one thing I would change about it. Yeah, yeah, no, but but what you're describing is peak rock star behavior. Yeah, right. Yeah, wearing and the makeup if you're you know poison or Boy George, or whoever you are. Yeah, there was, there was a kind of like rock and roll element to it where it's like, I'm going to win this audience over. And yeah, like you sending me that video last night, I'm glad you brought this up. It, it led me to think about other ironic dress-wearing like moments in pop culture and why they were different than this one. Um, a, these people who I'm about to mention are actually famous and actually talented, so that it makes that aspect of it's different. But like I remember... Like Dennis Rodman wore uh, like a, a dress at one point, like it, when he was, I remember this. you know, peak, yeah, peak whack job. It was like late nineties bulls. And He's it was just, also look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. I can't, I can't get weirder. You know, like right. this is, this is as weird as it gets. So yeah, my hair's weird. Was my face is weird. Like I've, I've got like weird piercings. I'm wearing yeah. a dress, but you know, it's a different situation uh, when someone is uh, eight feet tall and could, you know, crush you between yeah. his thumb and forefinger. No one's saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> Eight feet tall and, like, made of muscle and already has, like, five NBA titles that he's won, you know. Yeah, like he's friends he's with, like, like uh, Kim Jong-un, so, like, uh, you know, <laughs> he could order your house nuked if you wanted, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This person's a little eccentric anyway. But then I remember a, an incident in, like, the year 2000 or 2001 when... This University of Texas running back that I really like named Ricky Williams got drafted by New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans head coach was Mike Ditka, and he traded away all of his draft choices to get like the first overall pick in the draft to get Ricky Williams. And then ESPN the magazine, this was back when magazines were a thing. Um, ESPN the magazine ran a, I know, dude, I love magazines. I really miss them. But ESPN the mag ran a cover with, uh, this is so wild, it would never happen. 
with Mike Ditka in a tuxedo and like Ricky Williams in a wedding gown. <laughs> and I can't believe they agreed to this, but it was sort of this funny, playful, like sure. tongue in cheek, haha, like I'm hitching my wagon to this one player and he's going to take me right to the top kind of thing. And, um, you know, th- this, this was before like activist was like an adjective that people would use to describe themselves. And it was, it was like a funny, playful thing. But those are the only two like, dress in pop culture kind of media events that I can really remember being like significant in my life. What about Jim Carrey uh, as Ace Ventura wearing a tutu? That's, that's up there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if we like, if we dug around on this, we could find other examples. But uh, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but I remember watching a, a television show or a movie maybe within the last year where an old guy was like so frustrated with how out of touch he was uh-huh. with the zeitgeist. Yeah. And, and he like has this whole list of things and the, and the last one, you know, it builds and Bill's last one is him shouting, uh, and in my day, when a man wore a dress, it was funny, not brave. And it was like, uh, it was such a funny moment. Um, yeah. And I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this guy right now. I think I'm still supposed to like him, but I do. Yeah. And I and I feel for yeah. him. Yeah. It's a confusing world out there. Oh my gosh, I hate it. What One, one last question. And... And now that I know how to log into our company's Twitter account that has existed for 12 years, I can, I can keep tabs <laughs> on this. <laughs> hey, we got Ted on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, do, do you think he has other like styles of dresses? Do you think we're going to see like a, 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 like a pencil skirt? or? Well, we saw three different ones. Uh, you know, in yeah, the, in yeah. Of course, yeah. One of them was kind of the, the big like crepish yeah. like, you know, gown yeah. kind of thing. And then he had a, a sport jacket with no shirt on. I, um, yeah, I guess I guess that's where I was going though. Like, they were all kind of a certain kind of '90s flouncy art girl dress, but I wonder if we're gonna see like like I don't business know, it's, formal it's, or something. Yeah, like it's 1986 and I work in an office. Are we gonna get the kind of V shaped with the shoulder pads at the top? I don't think he needs the, the shoulder pads because as a man, he's already got rather <laughs> broad shoulders. Broader shoulders, yeah, yeah broader. The right, right. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe he doesn't need the shoulder pads, but uh, I don't know. I don't. I just didn't know if we were gonna see like a. I don't know, like a miniskirt at some point. Are you I, I just, I, are you, you know. wanting that? Yeah. Or I mean, it sounds sort of like. <laughs> well, I, I'm not gonna lie. There's a curiosity, <laughs> you know. There's there's a sense of like, does he have like a dress section in his closet? Like, <laughs> or are these all his well, wives? I mean, yeah. Like when I'm feeling especially brave, I, I wander over to like that part of the of the closet, and you know. Um, also, I wonder if, in true ally fashion this guy lives in like a scummy you know hovel in east nashville or if this guy lives in like brentwood in a mcmansion you know what i mean i have, I have so many questions i would bet everything i own he lives in a an actual mansion yeah yeah no, even in nashville you're, when your net worth is 18 mil you can get a, oh, a mansion sure. mansion yeah no a mansion mansion absolutely um man Zach, what a what a what a strange world we live in. Can, can I take like a minute and a half to just kind mm-hmm. of uh, sorbet this situation, cleanse your palate yeah, on your way do. out, and, yeah, and point it. out something that I realized last night mm-hmm. in uh, season four of Cheers? There's a spectacular okay. episode that is two Diane dreams in a row. She wakes okay. up from one and she thinks she's awake, but it's still also a dream. Okay. Do you remember this? Uh, yeah, vaguely. So she's sleeping there, and she's she's dreaming that Andy Andy has been released from the mental institution. The guy who oh, tried to yes to yes choke yes him. yeah yeah. And uh, in the same episode, um, there has been some work done in the bar, and they discovered that behind a wall in the closet is a staircase mm-hmm. that goes down to a wine cellar. Oh yes. Everyone in yep. the bar, one at a time, goes down there until they're all missing. And finally, yeah. she's like, "All right, let's get this over with. They're going to jump out and scare me." And she goes down in the dark, and then a, a cigarette lighter comes on, and it's Andy, Andy, and he says, "Boo!" And she wakes up, and uh-huh. but she's not really awake. And yes. in that next yeah. dream, uh, she finds out that Sam is actually an intellectual, and he's been fooling her this whole time, <laughs> and he's like smoking yeah, a yeah. pipe and stuff. Um, yeah. But then, because my watching of Cheers is essentially just uh, a loop. <laughs> Yeah. I realized that in like season nine, they must have forgotten or it was a, a little hat tip to devotees um, or just script supervisor continuity person was off their game because they yeah. go down, they go through that closet down into the wine cellar for real and come back up with like some wine. You remember this? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, I I vaguely remember that. I don't think we're there yet. We've, we've kind of slowed down on season nine, but... Um... Yeah, that's so wild, dude, that they introduce something in a dream that they then, like, 
you know, paid off six years later in reality. That's super funny. Um, and you know what I've been just yearning for is like, if it were possible, I would just, I would really want a coach and Woody interacting scene. I think it would oh be the most gosh, wholesome dude. thing in the world and all yeah. the like darkness we've been exploring uh, would just, Ugh. you know, it would wash away. away. Yeah, it would. It would. No, that would be great. And, and speaking of that kind of yearning for innocence, like I've been leaning even harder into taxi lately. Yes. Cause, Cause taxi, I think even like in, in, in ways that I couldn't even articulate kind of scratches that innocence itch a little bit even more than cheers uh, there's something just really like nice and kind of wholesome about it you know dude i just um, watched the one where Simka's gonna get like sent back to the old country if she doesn't go oh, to yeah. the meeting and laka goes with her and yeah. like he doesn't believe that they're married until they start fighting and shouting at each other in their native tongue <laughs> then he's like <laughs> okay i believe you <laughs> yeah that's so good it's so so good yeah this stuff is just i mean we've had fun having ha-has about it but it is unspeakably sad. This is know? like the end of the, the episode of Growing Pains. You know, we've had a yeah. little, uh, we've had some laughs. It's a very special <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah. We've had some laughs at the uh, moral shipwreck of our culture at large, but uh, it's a yeah. very serious issue. Don't shipwreck your faith. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I'll say this, and then I got to go. I think if I could have 100% assurances that nobody was listening to this person and nobody would be influenced by him, then I could fully enjoy just like gut-bustingly laughing about it and like riffing on the dresses and, and like really enjoying it. But there's like that like 20% of me that's going, yeah, but like a certain kind of dumb college student is like having their head turned by this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is moving the needle for people. And that's the part of it that like, Oh, you know, just, I don't know. Um, I, I realize I'm being a drag on the end of the episode here, but, uh, but that's where I've arrived. Your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me another, tell me another uh, thing you like about cheers and then we'll call it a, an app. I don't want to end it on a, on a dark, on a dark note. Yeah. Well, I like how much your smoke room is beginning to resemble the set of cheers. We got and, the porthole. Uh, I can't believe you got the porthole. That's I've so got great. all the uh, so so. This is something cool. Um, I've yeah. I've ripped all the wood uh, with the beveled angles, uh, the the, uh, the mitered angles rather, um, yeah. for uh, the the two like posts. And uh -huh. I'm running some like speaker wire through one, and I'm running the 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 uh, power for the the little lights through the other. Yeah, it will be within a week. I'm gonna have that up. I got mahogany stain so I can get it to kind of match the actual bar. Yes, and. Oh. Um, I, so we've got the straw hat to hang on it, which I bought before we moved, <laughs> before our offer was even accepted. I think I bought that straw, straw yeah, hat. Yeah. We got the Sammy pick. We've got, oh uh, gosh. the bell, that bell that yeah. is like exactly the bell from the set of oh. chairs and that porthole dude, I'm telling you, I've been looking as close as possible when I watched cheers and I'm like, I think this is exactly the same like model of yeah. uh, like decorative porthole. <laughs> there couldn't have been a lot of factories making decorative portholes, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> they just had blue, like blue sky, like you were looking out of a ship. Maybe there was a little yeah. water. Um, yeah. We took an old picture of a beach that was in our old house when we bought it and was always in our uh -huh. smoke room and cut yeah. that into a circle and put it in there. I think it looks kind of cool, but yeah, Dude, I can't wait awesome. for you to see the whole thing, man. It's oh, looking dope. I can't wait either. I cannot wait. It's going to be amazing. Zach, what a journey we've been on this morning. What a, what a, what a journey through like... 90s girl dresses worn by men. Uh, it's just been dizzying, but uh, I was glum before I got on the air, and now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm less glum due to having talked to you and having laughed, and that's, the, that's kind of the point of the whole thing. Although, yeah, thinking about Derek Webb's apostasy is, a, is itself a glum thing. But Zach, we've done what we always do on this program. We've wandered to and fro throughout Derek Webb's dress collection. And we've gotten into the metaphorical closet and, and kind of done that thing where we flip the hangers uh, briskly and looked at all, all of Derek Webb's dresses. Hold, hold some up. And, we've yeah. held some up to like his neckline and kind of kind of shaken the, the, the hanger a little bit. You know? Now, to be uh, clear, nobody, yeah. not even Derek Webb, has come out of a closet. Uh, it's just monetizing <laughs> of a group of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, exactly. And we will see you. 
Hey, wait. We will see you next time. Let's make a run for